Dr. Donna Coriel is an old friend of the show. She's the founder and CEO of SomiDocs, or doctorsonsocialmedia.com, which aims to build and showcase unique resources in healthcare and help physicians build their brands and get them recognized. She's taught at Harvard conferences that include writing, publishing, and social media for healthcare professionals, the Women in Medicine Summit, Women Physician Wellness, Innovator MD, Leverage and Growth Summit, and a UN event for women, among others. Dr. Coriel has earned recognition, including top 10 internists to follow on Twitter by Medical Economics and top 20 social media physician influencers by Medscape. So we talk about what Doctors on Social Media is up to these days and how it's evolved over the years. If you have a brand to promote or a lecture to give, you may want to reach out to Dr. Coriel and have her shine her bright spotlight on you and your work. We also talk about the labor of entrepreneurship and what she would do differently if she were to start it all over again, the value of networking, and why LinkedIn is her favorite social media application. We also talk about some of the pitfalls in posting on social media. Welcome to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring a practical guide for practicing physicians. Dr. Bradley Block interviews experts in and out of medicine to find out everything we should have been learning while we were memorizing Krebs cycle. The ideas expressed on this podcast are those of the interviewer and interviewee and do not represent those of their respective employers. And now, here's Dr. Bradley Block. Dr. Donna Coriel, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so, I'm always excited to be on a podcast with you. So the last time was like one of my first episodes and I just want to remind the audience or for those who, you know, were not listening over 200 episodes ago, when I first got started, my first few episodes were with friends of mine, people in my, and we're going to be talking about networking where people in my immediate network, these were friends from medical school or residency or even my own brother. Right. And then, and then I started interviewing strangers right? People, experts that I didn't know before. And where did I find them? I found them on SomiDocs. So I don't know if this podcast would have even existed had it not been for your network. So I, I owe you a lot. So thank you for building what you built. And, and that's, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Well, I, first of all, that melts my heart. It makes me feel so darn good. Thank you for that amazing testimonial. Um, yeah, I think a lot of podcasts were birthed out of SomiDocs, and I'm hoping that a lot more are going to be birthed from uh, our continuing to nurture that space. So when I when I first met you, it was you know you had this this growing Facebook group that was growing exponentially, um, but you know it's really evolved a lot since then. So tell the audience for those who who are not acquainted with SomiDocs, what is the current iteration of SomiDocs? Yeah, so I recognized very early on that there needed to be something more than just a Facebook group. Um, Facebook groups are just an interactive community that can bring us together in real time um, and can help us to um, interact with one another. But there needed to be more than just the group because there were just so many groups that were happening. So I built a website and a platform that's fairly complex. Um, SomiDocs has evolved the current iteration. Our mission is to basically um, promote 
the um, independence of physicians to promote the individual physician um, in order to support our independence within a broken healthcare system. Uh, and we do that through different ways. We do it through showcasing of our doctors and um, all kinds of different unique resources and projects on the website for the world to see open access and free. Um, and we also do that through a continued community that's behind the scenes where doctors are learning from one another, networking with one another, collaborating, um, et cetera. So there's multiple components to it and it's fairly complex, but lots to offer for a lot of different doctors. So one thing would be if we have a brand that we're looking to make more recognizable, it's going to be a place where other people are going to go to look for physicians. And so if we are a member, then you're going to showcase us, our brand, our expertise so that other people can find us. So rather than just me having my website and hoping that somebody finds it, you know, you've got a bigger spotlight. And so, you know, sh sharing that spotlight with the members is, is one of the ways that you've, and, and one thing that I, that I love about the way you do things is you're always looking to provide service. Like you're, the reason you're successful is like, how can I help? How can I help physicians to, um, to, to grow their products and grow their brand? So, but, but sorry, go ahead. Like, so, no. so, that's, it's an amazing description. It's exactly what it is to a T. First of all, it is near and dear to my heart that I help physicians. Um, I see a lot that doesn't work out there and I see a lot of talkers and I'm not a talker, I'm a doer. So like I said, I think there's a lot that helps us when we vent, but I think that we need to actually do more than just vent. Let's change healthcare. Let's empower ourselves and let's do something about changing um, the value of what we are worth as individual physicians. And so I built it. Um, and yes, it is a like an accumulation of brands, almost like a library. We actually call it a mall. I recently updated the messaging to call it, you know, a healthcare influencer mall because it really is a space where we vet doctors for the users and where users can come freely and look through, you know, a data bank that's filled with doctors where you can literally use filters to look them up, not just by specialty, but by where their social media presence is or what they do as a side gig or um, what topic they contribute to or what even what type of practice they lead, whether it's hospital-based or concierge or DPC. There's so much more texture to individual doctors nowadays. It's more than just, well, this is the doctor and he works for the system, or this is the doctor and he's in this location. Um, we're just so much more interesting um, than what we used to do. And it helps out us in our careers to do more nowadays. So yeah, we are very much of a space that's like a library or a mall where brands can come in and be represented collectively with others. Um, you know, very much like Amazon, if you were to sell a t-shirt, you can sell your t-shirt, you can open up your shop. The rule number one for me for any doctor is open up your own website. I always say that I don't want to own you. I want you to own yourself. So open up your own website, but then have that brand have your own shop, but then have your shop represented in my mall. Yeah. Okay. So. That's the, there, there's where the mall analogy works. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what's the, what's the next step? What's happening next at Sony Docs? 
Ooh, so much. So we've got a new arm that is um, bringing together events and events and lectures. Um, the lecture arm is actually super different. We're disrupting the way that uh, communication is done. Nowadays, we're disrupting um, networking in healthcare and we're disrupting lectures in healthcare. So conferences um, are extremely expensive to attend, but that's really where doctors are networking nowadays. They're extremely expensive. They take time. So you have to take vacation days away from your family. Um, you have to fly places a lot of times and you have to sit through really endless lectures that don't pertain to you oftentimes, right? So And expose me, yourself to airborne illnesses. Right. Additionally. So for me, it's, you know, the Zooms of this world um, really helped us to connect. I built a way on the site for doctors to deliver lectures and for the world to see those lectures, to access them and to do it um, both for free um, and for a cost. Meaning when the doctor delivers a talk, it is for free when it's live, when people sign up to watch the talk. It's free when it's live. But after the fact, um, it costs money to access on demand. The doctor gets to decide how much each unit is going to cost of this lecture. Um, and they make passive income. It's the revenue share model and they make passive income. They have to do zero work in terms of the design and in terms of the technology. Um, they just give us the details of the talk and we uh, build it. And then they click the button, they join and they deliver the talk. We build the landing page before, we build the landing page after, and then we just co-promote it. The doctor gets to collect warm leads. So anyone whose email is dropped to sign up with interest, the doctor gets that as well. So the doctor really um, comes out of this, really getting a lot more than they would get in a typical conference, even if they spoke. They're not making money right off the bat, but they're making residual money afterwards for life, for the life of the lecture. You don't have to build a huge course. You could just give one lecture on one topic that you're really good at. Um, and it's just really sort of bringing things down, allowing people to access it. You know, if um, people want to watch it, but don't have the money, whatever it costs after 25, 50, hundred dollars, they don't have that money. They could just click in and watch it live for free and they can even interact with the speaker. So we're doing this and then we are now that's worked and it's now well-oiled. So we're basically curating a bunch of these lectures in, into conferences so we have an entrepreneurship conference that I'm putting together and we might have a private practice conference and a conference um, on parenting, uh, different stages of parenting. And, you know, as you can imagine, there's a lot that we can build. We could do a lifestyle medicine conference, like any topic really can be built as long as you have these individual physician brands that are delivering the lectures. Well, Somidocs has no issue with that. I mean, right, we are full of individual brands that are looking for exposure and looking to grow their brands. And so that's that's one way that we are disrupting is disrupting conferences and the way that we exchange information, right? You don't have to pay $3,000 for a ticket to go to a conference. Now you can watch it at home for free or you could pay, you know, whatever it is, 25 bucks to access it. And then the second way we're disrupting is networking because doctors really traditionally have to go to conferences to network. That's really the only place we network. So we're really, you know, throwing a curveball into this and saying, no, doctors should be able to network outside of conferences. So we're building doctors only networking. We have a virtual session once a month 
And then we have an in-person session right now in New York City uh, every few months. And we're starting one up in um, or down in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, and then we'll see how that goes. We'll see if it catches on and if other major cities want to play along as well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. So what's the end game with Somita? Is there an end game or are you enjoying this so much as it is that that's not even on the radar? I, so you've known me for many years. I mean, I love, I love this. I love to create. I love design. I love the digital world. I love to entertain. I love helping people. I mean, that's why I became a physician. That's why I became an internist and I didn't specialize. I just love meeting people and I love getting to know them and nurture relationships. And it's happening for me doing this. Um, I don't know what is going to happen down the line. We have a lot of partnerships that are in the works. Um, we're in talks with a lot of companies that want to support our mission to promote the individuals in healthcare, the doctors, and we need their help. Um, but I don't know where it's going to go. I know I'm going to keep building this as, you know, a central hub that, that showcases all these individual brands, but I'm not sure what direction it's going to go, or maybe where I'm going to be, you know, pouring my talents into next. So it's a nebulous space. I don't know. Great. It's a great place to be. There doesn't need, there doesn't need, it's not, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. So there. Totally. Yeah, works. That's a, that's a great quote. Exactly. So what's your favorite thing to work on in Somi Docs? Is it the networking? Is it like meeting other doctors that are doing interesting things? Is it the creative aspect? Is it the website building and the troubleshooting? Um, I know you, you seem to enjoy all of it, but if you had to pick a favorite or is it like picking a favorite kid? Yeah, it, it is like picking a favorite kid to some degree, but mm. I really like, I really like waking up in the morning and turning my computer on and checking what's pending in terms of like anything new that's coming in. I love that I get thrown curveballs and I don't know what messages are going to come in from what new companies or what new leads or what new person is, has found us. Um, I also love when I see new profiles that have joined SomiDocs because now we have a free membership for doctors. So it's much easier for doctors to join. I love opening up in the morning and seeing like a new, you know, new requests coming in for profiles or a new profile that was built. Um, I love that I need to get to work, you know, building a new portfolio on the site or a new profile on the site. Um, that, that brings me joy because it translates into, um, success and helping people and having brand recognition. Um, we also have a new thing that we've incorporated into each doctor's profiles. We have an inquiry box where the media can directly, um, they can use our unique filters and find doctors that they like. And so they can send in inquiries to the doctors themselves and I'm loving that as well because, you know, seeing that a journalist is using our site to directly connect with a doctor, again, it's just a testament to the fact that this works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I like those things. It um, gives legitimacy. Gives legitimacy. It, yeah. Totally. And 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 I like. Yeah. And I like. And I even like the podcast, like what you just said earlier. That testimonial just really hit me, and it feels good to know that what I've done helps others. So. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Part of the part of the problems with podcasting is I I never get feedback, 
right? I mean, I do yeah. from my guests. Oh, Brad, that was great. I really had a good time interviewing. But like, I never hear from my audience because this is not, and this is something that you and I had spoken about years ago, like is podcasting social media. And it's really not because social media is, it's a two-way street, right? Totally. Um, whereas, whereas, uh, so, so yeah, so I, I don't know. I somehow made this about me and how no, I. No, it is about you. It's about you too. It's not all of us spreading our our wealth, our information, like what we know. And it's just about like passing on. It's about entertaining and it's about discussions and it's about, you know, it's about interacting and networking. So yeah. I think you're doing a fantastic job. And I don't think you would continue doing it if you didn't enjoy it on some level. And I know and, that. And- and part of it is the networking. Part of it is that, like, I, you know, I meet someone new every yeah. week and find out, you know, interesting things about them that I can, you know, apply to myself sometimes. So, so speaking of networking, you had a heavy hitter a little while ago. You had like a, a series of interviews with Sam Shem, yeah. right? The author of House of God. Speaking of networking, how did you end up getting connected with him? So I had a colleague, I mean, he's done podcasts and he hops on different things. I had a colleague that um, introduced me to him and we ended up connecting on a phone call very briefly just to say hello. He was very like, suspicious is not the right word. He's just, he's a very famous person. So we got on the phone and he was like, okay, whatever. But we kind of, we started to talk and I don't know what it was about me that he picked up on. I think he just liked the way I think and the way I, you know, sort of um, feel about healthcare. And, and he just really, we connected on like a different level and we brainstormed through doing something together, which again, he doesn't normally do so easily. And he just really got, he describes it. He like got swept in, you know, and, before we knew it, we were building a series and then that, you know, took a while to build and a lot of like brainstorming sessions. And it took a lot of work to put together. It really was like a show um, that we were doing on Zoom, but it just took a lot of effort to put together with all the different guests. And then I was, was highlighting all of them and building space on the website and just doing a lot. Um, so that was a shared experience between the two of us that really got us close and he loved it. He loved how it turned out. And he actually asked to do a second season. So I, you know, was very busy at that point, but it's Sam Sham. I mean, it's hard to <laughs> Sam Sham. I don't know if I have time for you. I know, but yeah. he's just such a, such an icon and yeah. so smart and so like forward thinking to some degree. Like he's, I just love the things that he does. So I said, yes. And again, we did the whole rigmarole again, but it was a different kind of show. So then we did two seasons and we honestly, we've formed a friendship and he just continues to inspire me. And, you know, we continue being in touch. Um, We'll see if there's a season three in me. Um, I'm not sure that there is, but that's my, my, my background on Sam Shemini. Where can, where can people find, I mean, it sounds like I'm closing the episode. I'm not, I'm not where, but, (laughs) but where, where can, so keep listening. But where can yeah. people find that those interviews, the, the 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 two series? Yeah, yeah. So the two series can be found. Um, so Somidocs has different departments. I'm calling it that because we have, you know, we're newly labeling it as a mall just for ease of people understanding what they've landed on. Um, the it's department, in the food court. 
it, totally right. It's in the food court. <laughs> no, but um, it's in the series section of our website. So when you actually go to doctorsonsocialmedia.com, you'll see that there's magazine, there's lectures, events beyond exam rooms, and there's also series. So it's in the series section. Awesome. Awesome. So have there been any other, because you, you got a lot of irons in the fire. You're constantly meeting new people. Yes. Have you had any real serendipitous networking experiences, either yourself or that, you know, you've connected two different people that it really blew up and, and turned into to something unforeseen? Oh, that's really a great question, but one I did not think of in advance. Nope. Um, no, no. I mean, you've done such a good job preparing me. I just didn't, I, I like off the cuff. I just feel like it's more, it's a more natural podcast form. Um, not off the top of my head. I can tell you this, what I'm doing is difficult to analyze. Um, there's a lot because I'm not capturing a lot of it. I mean, I really want to innovate and I'm doing it in a way that is almost like throwing, you know, spaghetti on a wall and seeing, seeing what sticks. I mean, oh, spaghetti, I am, that's what we're using. Throw right, spaghetti on the wall. Spaghetti and okay. So everything's always, <laughs> I love that. But the truth is that I, I just don't know, right? Like you just came on and said that, you know, your show started, you know, in large part, because you met so many different guests on SomiDocs. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily know that until, unless somebody comes and tells me, right? Like yeah. the other day, you know, I, I threw something out in our members only Facebook group about connecting one of the doctors with a journalist that had reached out because an inquiry had come in and someone wrote underneath, oh, the Huffington Post reached out to me and had done it because of SomiDocs. And I was like, what? I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. And, Again, you don't capture those things if you think about it, because, you know, the Huffington Post journalist is not going to reach out to me and say, hey, Somidox, I just used you. And I, get, you know, they got their lead and they're yeah. using her and an article's coming out. And the doctor, even the doctor won't usually say to them, well, how did you hear about me? Right. They just assume it's through one of their YouTube channels or it's through, you know, the Pinterest that they have or the, the LinkedIn yeah. or whatever. But this doctor specifically asked them, Hey, where did you find me? And they said, so me docs. And so it felt amazing. So I think what I'm trying to say is that a lot happens. Um, but you know, I just don't, I don't know where it happens. I mean, I, I can tell you that, I mean, really great things is happening, you know, for me, you know, amazing projects are grown from little seedlings of ideas that you just like have when you're in the shower or like waking up in the middle of the night, right? And the whole house is quiet. Like years ago, I thought, well, I want to like put together a compilation, a book compilation. So I literally just threw out a call to women physicians uh, to collect essays. And um, I started to collect them. And serendipitously through that process, I met someone who I befriended and have remained friends with a, a, another physician that is now co that co-curated the book with me. We chose the stories, we edited them, and we got a publisher to accept it. And it's now coming out in 2023, this traditionally published book. Yeah. And so that, again, it started as like a seedling of an idea that I just decided to throw out on social media. And it became a book that we're going to publish. I think that 
so much can happen through these like networking channels that are now available online that the world really is our oyster. Again, the food, we're back in the food court. We're having oysters now. What about entrepreneurship, right? Like you clearly you're passionate about, about being an entrepreneur. You got, there's going to be a conference coming up about entrepreneurship as an entrepreneur. Tell us one or two things that you would have done differently with Somi Docs. Like if you were starting it from the ground up, what would you do or have done differently? Mm, I think I probably, well, knowing what I know now to the place where it's evolved, I would have just started it at this point of evolution. I mean, I would yeah. never say that I want- Straight line, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would not want to change anything. It's been a growth curve. If I had started it where I am today, maybe I would not have had the experience I've had with the failures, right? Because any digital um, innovation venture is going to be experimenting with things and you have to be flexible to be successful. You yep. have to try a million things out and then recognize that one of those million things needs to be kept on board. I am living proof of that. I tried so many different things and the things that stuck, the spaghetti that actually stuck to the wall is the spaghetti that I've decided to, to hold on to. And it has led to me doing this, right? Like We've tried different things. I mean, you were asking me, I think before we were on air, but maybe afterwards. I mean, we had a certain type of masterclass that we started off at first. Um, and, you know, it was it was nice and it worked, but it wasn't necessarily successful. The ROI, the return on that time investment was not there for me or for Docs, And so we tweaked it. And we now have our lecture arm that is that is hopefully going to be successful. Yeah. But that's, that's the beauty is that you sort of take those years to experiment and to evolve. As long as you remain flexible, it works. Um, I wouldn't change anything, but if I could do things again, I would just kind of reopen SomiDocs um, with the iteration that it's at now, with the website, the way it looks. And, you know, with, you know, I don't know if I would do free profiles right off the bat. I always wanted to, for it to be free for doctors, but we needed to generate some revenue to get us momentum. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. want to at the time rely on venture capital raised money or just investment money. I wanted it to be my vision. Um, and so again, I wouldn't even change that because I always wanted it to eventually be, have a free arm for doctors. Um so I hope that that answers your question. I wouldn't necessarily change anything, but if I could do it over again, I would have a clearer picture of what it looks like. Well, let's talk about one of the failures, right? Let's talk about something that you did that maybe didn't work out, right? Because it seems, right, today is the social media age. We're always looking at everyone else's successes and it makes us feel like trash, right? Like I'm just looking at everybody's Instagram curated perfect family <laughs> And that's not what life looks like. Life is life is messy. Entrepreneurship is messy. And so, yeah, what you what you've built is incredible. But I think it'll help kind of humanize the situation for the rest of us. If tell us about something that didn't work. Ooh, I mean, I think getting ahead of yourself doesn't work. I think, um, I think that we fail when we convince ourselves that it is easy to do something. Um, I think things look easy. I think that we fail when we do look at other successes and we think that 
um, we're going to have the same kind of success. I think nowadays, especially there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's a lot behind the scenes that people don't see. Um, you see the successes, but you don't see, you know, it's like the iceberg photo of the iceberg where you see the tip of the iceberg, but there's like a whole bunch of failures underneath that yeah. we're not privy to. Right. So, I mean, I've had a lot of failures, a lot, a lot, a lot of failures I've had from parts of the website that I spent time building that didn't work to, you know, even to giving time to people that, you know, soaked up a lot of my time and energy and did not give me any return. You know, there's a lot of people that, that used either the services or the things that we built and don't appreciate it and don't give back. There's a lot of yeah. takers out there and that's difficult. That's difficult for, for givers yeah. is, yeah, yeah. You know, you have to, you're trying to be of service and you're not necessarily looking for something in exchange, but at the same time, like you, you're building your own brand and totally. to, to, to have people utilize that without, yeah, without the recognition, without the validation, without giving back towards, towards your brand. It's yeah, it's, uh, and I think they don't always it even purposely. I mean, I think some do. I just don't think yeah. everybody does it purposely. I think, especially doctors, I think that we're sometimes oblivious to like etiquette, um, especially digital etiquette that has not yet been defined. So I don't think everybody does it purposely, but it sucks energy out of you when you're giving, 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 and you're seeing that someone takes, 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 and yeah. whether they recognize it or not, they're just not giving back. I'm so. always the person that takes it that way, even if they, they're oblivious and didn't mean it. I, you know, I, I, my default is to, you know, that jerk, they did that. They, they took up my time and effort on purpose. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, that's something that, um, that's definitely a way that we all, I think, start out as, I think it's natural for us to like, feel that resentment. I think over the years I've, I've both tried to remind myself that some people aren't doing it on purpose and just aren't educated in that kind of etiquette um, versus, um, you know, learning to avoid it, like learning to actually avoid those interactions and those people. So like building a wall that around myself that protects my time and protects me and values my worth so that I prevent those types of situations. I mean, one example, right, is, like platforms like LinkedIn, um, really they put you out there and they're great to like make you available, but sometimes you're over available and anybody can message you and it's hard to like reply. So I have private messages sometimes that come in that say, Hey, you know, I love what you're doing. Can we connect? <laughs> and, you know, if there's no context to that, yeah. You know, I've learned to be like, about what? You know, yeah, so what you want to you set up a call to tell me about something and then so that I can give you ideas. Like, you, yeah. yeah even yeah. that, I, and I, even that, you know, even that would be better than, you know, if it's a cold approach like that, yeah, yeah. it could even be that, you know, a billing, they don't even look into what you do. So it's like a billing service that wants to sell me and it, my practice on their billing services. And yeah. I'm not even in practice. I'm not yeah, yeah. practicing, <laughs> I'm doing digital, you know? So again, it's learning how to navigate that space and remaining polite, 
but really being a professional and either, you know, choosing who to respond to or answering in a way that's polite, but that says, Hey, I value my time. What is it that you would like to pitch? Yeah. 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 yeah I had a call recently with someone and they, it was that, that, same thing. And it was that person, they just on the call, they just talked about themselves and what they're doing and what they're about. And they're like, you know, I love what you're doing on the podcast and I, and I hope we can connect again. I was like, what was the purpose of that? Call? What was that? What just happened? <laughs> what? Now, thankfully I set up the call. So it was on my drive from okay. work back yeah. home. So all it's, I just didn't call my mom that day or I was listening to oh, a podcast, not listening podcast that missed so, opportunities to me like that's a missed opportunity and again like you never know by the way in life maybe that person somehow is going to reappear but yeah. but i know but but that's the kind of situation yeah. I'm, I, I try to avoid too like you know what's the purpose if you're my friend no problem i get, can give you time but you get to a point in your life where you're so busy yeah you, you need to know what a conversation's about if it's coming from a stranger. Like, yeah. what is the purpose of our call? And from from long ago, at the very beginning, one of one of the one of the interviews of people that I'd connected with through Somi Docs, one of the things that came out of it was the answer needs to be no or hell yes. Like it's this is, you know, when you're deciding how you're gonna focus your your energy and attention, is this something? That I'm excited about right now. No, okay. The no, it's either yeah. an it's either a hell yes or it's a no. I, I think that was uh, Lynn Marie Morsky, uh, you know, who's the the serial quitter. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. No. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, either hell yes or no. Yeah. Listen, we don't always have opportunities that we don't always have hell yes opportunities. They're not as common. And I think again, the busier we get, you know, the more discerning we are to opportunities. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and sometimes you need to reshape an opportunity to make it a hell yes. Like sometimes it's a, like a lukewarm yes, but maybe if we tweak this or that, it can become a hell yes. But both sides have to agree that it can be tweaked. Looking on the bright side, looking on the oh. bright side. Okay. Okay. So if you were going to get rid of all of your social media accounts, except for one, which one would you keep? Oh, what a good question. So, I mean, I'm pretty much of a stickler for words. We're not talking website. We're talking literally others' social media platforms. So LinkedIn, Twitter. The huge, the usual suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, LinkedIn. <laughs> Why? Um, well, I, I, I love video format. So it's a tie between YouTube and LinkedIn, but like LinkedIn. I, there's You're doing no a lot on LinkedIn? Gonna, Oh yeah. Like there's not even a hesitation for me, LinkedIn. Um, I personally find it to be the most professional of platforms. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it, it hasn't yet reached Facebook algorithm level. Like it, it won't, it still shows me what I opt in for. Um, whereas Facebook, and I'm very active on Facebook. I just don't, it really controls me and it controls my um, account. It shows me what yeah. it wants to show me. And quite honestly, like I've worked for years on developing Facebook groups and such, and it just plays games with me. It doesn't, 
you know, people, I'll, I'll post something and people will reply to my post and Facebook doesn't give me notifications. Like it just kind of gives me like a notification here and there. So there's things happening on posts that I create that I actually don't know are happening. and, And that's bad. Or it tells you about a popular post that one person that you follow posted that you just don't care about. Right. Like there's all this. Yeah. And then Twitter's just imploding right now. I mean, I know, I know Musk bought it and people are saying, oh, it's going to, it actually is. It doesn't work well anymore. And it's not showing me. Yeah. It just, it's, I I never really, I never, I know how to use it and I'm on it. And I, you know, says like 18,000, but I never connected with it. I just don't, I find it to be hard to effectively and professionally communicate in 280 characters. I just think that already social media is so scary and stifling because we are representing ourselves, you know, in like a flat format where you don't have like the facial cues and the body cues and people don't see that you're a good person and your good intentions always. Um, But Twitter especially limits that. And I, I just don't like it. I found Twitter also to be very clicky. There's oh, like, extremely. there's the cool kids. Yeah. There's like med Twitter on yeah. med, like just totally. physicians. Yes. Cool kids. And there's the in crowd. Totally. I, I actually. Pylons. I and... like this. I like this topic. I think it's an important for one for you and I to weed through. I know you think very much like me about this. It's true more than just in Twitter. I just think that the way of social media nowadays is to like tribalize in yeah. order to grow. And when I say I can't stand that, I mean, to my detriment, sometimes I just won't be part of conversations or groups because I feel like then everyone expects you to be on the same page with everything everyone feels. And I am so not that person. Like I am someone who is extremely wishy-washy. I live in the middle. I take every case on a case-by-case basis, every topic. I just don't like to be like labeled in, 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 in a box. I want every, every topic I want to think to myself and I want to be able to flip flop and say, well, that's a good point. You, you make yeah. a really good point. So, you know, on Twitter, like you can't do it. If you say one thing, it's like, you know, everyone's gonna, the Twitter mob is gonna like get you. And, and I just don't like it. People like, you know, yeah. tag their friends to go, you know, go after that person. I've, I've definitely deleted a lot of tweets rather than sending them out especially if I write them late at night in bed, I don't want to wake up. And and it's never happened because I just don't have that much of a following. I don't have this spotlight on me, but I, you know, I get afraid that I'm going to, I'm going to wake up in the morning and the Twitter mob has come after me and canceled me because something I said may have been misconstrued or not even misconstrued. And I just, you know, you say, you you say the wrong thing and then you've offended someone. And that's so interesting. It hasn't happened to me per se, and definitely not on Twitter. But a variation of that that could make an interesting conversation happened to me on LinkedIn recently, my favorite platform. Mm. It did happen to me. And here's the story behind that. Um, Someone wrote a really great healthcare commentary. Um, Guy Culpepper wrote a really great healthcare commentary and it got a lot of replies. And I wrote my own reply, but I found embedded in there um, a response um, about you know, doctors sort of doing this to themselves, like causing themselves burnout because of pharma, because they, they take their lunches, they take their pens. I don't know, something like that. So 
And the commenter had a lot of comments after that to which he continued replying. Now, weeks had gone by, or maybe it was a week, but I had just found it. Um, I took that comment and I was, I first of all, I don't remember if I replied to it or not, but I had a long response. I actually wrote a response that was too long. Um, so I actually- You had enough. I, I've had enough. I've had enough. Coming after I, that's you. That's not yeah. cool. No, it is what it is. Listen, it's not cool, but, but respectfully, let's have a conversation. So I- yeah screenshot it and I um, took it and posted it on my, you know, account. And I wrote a whole, whole response to it. Very, yeah. very respectfully, by the way, not saying anything about how dare it just, you know, Hey, we did not get burnt out by taking a pen. Come on. Like we're burnt out because the healthcare system is broken. Okay. A yeah. pen did not, you know, I'm not saying every doctor is perfect. I'm not saying that the way pharma is right now is perfect, but whatever, but it's not because we took a pen anyway, yeah. it doesn't even matter if I'm right or wrong. I posted it um, and I actually went back to sleep. It was like in the middle of the night, I was like up and I wrote it. And I actually decided at the time to tag the person that had initially wrote it because I felt like I was doing it behind his back. It yeah, just, you don't want to, yes. yes right, it yes, felt yes. wrong to like talk about it. And I, I was doing it respectfully. So I wanted to give him a chance to sort of say, well, here's my take and you're, yeah. you're not right. But, you know, pleasant, respectful discussion. So I tagged him and I oh. went to sleep. And they took it. They understood as you were picking a fight. Oh, I woke up and the person had not only, first of all, a ton of comments that were, again, I mean, my reply was fierce. It was a fiercely written reply. Yeah. Doesn't mean that I'm right, but it was written fairly well. Um, lots of comments like in support. Um, and the person, I guess, came in and said, well, not nicely, very aggressively said to me, well, you know, I think this is so wrong. Like you can't use my comment to this and that. And he was like, furthermore, you tagging me was very aggressive because it's basically like calling all your friends and this and that. And meanwhile, like I didn't tag anyone. Like I only tagged him and yeah, I replied to a comment that you publicly made. It's yeah. no different. I always say this. It's no different than if you had made a comment in the New York times or even published the article and this or in is the town square, right? This is the town right. square. You're in the totally. middle of public and I'm replying to you in public. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like it, either don't leave the, don't post it. Or if you posted it and saw that there was a lot of responses, take it out. Cause if I yeah. had, cause I'm not a mean person. And he it's also, public. Oh, and yeah. he said yeah. to me, he's in the comment, he says, and notice she hasn't like, just very aggressively and making like very judgmentally saying, notice that she hasn't taken it down. Meanwhile, I was sleeping. I didn't take it down because I was sleeping. Guess what? As soon as I woke up and I saw, now he was very aggressive and I didn't have to take it down, but you know what? He private messaged me again, not 100% nice, but I yeah. did decide that if, if this was making him not feel good yeah, and yeah, this yeah. was causing him to be uneasy, I deleted it. You were attempting to continue the conversation. Clearly, this person just didn't want a conversation. They wanted right. a monologue. And then when right. a monologue turned into a conversation, then they- totally. it, it Well, he did say work. that I could black, work. you know, I could black out his name and not include him so that yeah. people wouldn't DM him and continue. So so I did that. I did it like I waited. Oh, okay. I reposted it and I did it with blacking out his name and everything. But I thought that it was- an interesting conversation to have out loud yeah. because honestly, like the more I do this, the more I see just that people don't understand how risky social media is 
if you put something out there, then people are going to receive you. You know, on one hand, he put something that was very aggressive to say that doctors did this to themselves. And then doctors are responding to his words and suddenly you can't respond to his words. So it's like, you know. Yeah. If you're not proud enough that you'd want your first grade teacher to read it, then don't write it. Yeah. I love that. No. Yeah. Well, so where can people find you online? The website, doctorsonsocialmedia.com. And one thing that I learned from you is same handle everywhere. Same handle everywhere. So what's that handle? And, uh, you know, and, and we can check you out on LinkedIn. Yeah, definitely. Uh, th- my personal handle is Dr. Coriel, D-R-C-O-R-R-I-E-L. And my company handle is Somedocs, S-O-M-E-D-O-C-S. Dr. Donna Coriel, great catching up with you. It is always a pleasure. Always. And thank you so much for having me on. I always enjoy our conversations. So thank you. That was Dr. Bradley Block at the Physician's Guide to Doctoring. He can be found at physiciansguidetodoctoring.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for a previous guest or have an idea for a future episode, send a comment on the webpage. Also, please be sure to leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time on the Physician's Guide to Doctoring.